There it is. The big gulp. Seth Big Gulp 4. Jesus Christ. My big ass double insulated summertime Florida cooler. Oh, you got one too. Seth is the throat goat. You got a pro. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. I'm Mark, and I'm here with Seth. How are you, Seth? I was feeling really bad for a couple of weeks, for a week and a half, mm-hmm. and it was it was the timing. The, the, uh, the timing on it was perfect because you left to go up to Maine for your vacation and we recorded. We back well, we backlogged a couple of episodes and that was it was perfect because right after we got done recording them, I got sick and it lasted for a long time. Mm. I have had plenty of time, though, to come back from it. And boy, have you and I come back in a big way because today we called each other and I went to go pick up my phone after I was done with my morning work. And I think you were, too. And you had said, I was just going to pick up my phone to call you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. That's kind of that's kind of coincidental. Eerie. That's a little mm-hmm. bit eerie. And you said, yeah, you ready to work on this thing? Sure enough. On our way. As I'm driving along, I look up. And I think to myself, I'm a little hungry. Chicken wing. Mm. And I see Hooters off in the distance. So I went to go pick up the phone, and it was you calling. Or wait, was it me calling? No, no, no you it was called me, me. me calling. And I said to you, and I think I just said one word. Hold on, now let me, let me tell you. Now, meanwhile, in my side, yes, I wake up this morning, and at some point, for some reason, I'm thinking to myself, why do I want Hooters? I'm not a Hooters guy. Um, me either. If you're unfamiliar... Hooters is a chain restaurant that started in Florida, and as the name suggests, it tends to have attractive women with large breasts uh, and or ample buttocks, and they are scantily clad, and um, it uh, it is blown up. There are lo- loads of these now, um, and the food is fine. The food's fine, but there's better ways. Most people do not go to Hooters for the food, I would say. I mean, it's kind of a sports bar atmosphere, so if you're looking for a game, there's plenty of TVs. But if you know a creepy guy in your life, chances are he has gone to Hooters many times. It's a place where you can easily ogle, um, and it is what it is. I mean, look, if you're not being creepy and not being weird, go off, King. Um, But... I am a wing connoisseur. Yes. I've never considered their wings very good. They are known for their wings. They are breaded. I'm not much of a breaded guy. Same. So I wake up. And for some reason, I want Hooters. I can't get Hooters off my mind. Now, I usually can't get Hooters off my mind. Not a bad problem. But I'm not talking about the restaurant. Yeah. And then I go on Facebook, and there's a fucking Hooters ad. Now, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Maybe I saw the, the Hooters ad, and it made me want Hooters. But... One way or another, I, I, I keep thinking about it. I'm driving home after our conversation, and I happen upon a Hooters ad. And no less than 30 seconds after yes. I see this ad, my phone rings. Who is it, Seth? It's Kismet calling. It's Kismet. Hello, Kismet calling. Yes, it's predestination. Oh, yes. We um, were meant to go to Hooters. I am, I'm Kismet. I have a collect call from Seth Ford. 
do you accept? I do. Yes. And then you go, you don't like Hooters wings, do you? And I go, shut the front fucking door. <laughs> it was really strange. It was very, I go, I go, so I tell you the whole story about my whole thing. Um, I was just blown away. I'm not a huge Hooters fan either. I mean, as far as the wings, there's better wings. Oh, uh, they actually, they actually do make a really, really good buffalo shrimp. It's very, very good. You and and their fried pickles are nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, either. exactly. And we went in there and we enjoyed. I enjoyed the hell out of those wings in that trip. I went against my usual judgment. When I do go there, I'll usually get the naked wings. You got them breaded. I said I feel like it's a good move to get them breaded, and I will be fucked sideways, Seth. Mm. Those wings were really fucking good. They were incredibly good today. The thing about breaded wings, and this is not a breaded wings. Co- podcast so we'll make this quick <laughs> they sop up all the grease mm-hmm. is the is the problem it's the thing about breaded things and then they turn to gum and then like you know there's just like it's just like all this like soupy grease sauce they weren't stuff. like that today but it wasn't too bad crunchy yeah a little very bit crunchy. they were nice yeah. they were it reminded really... me of you took like uh popeye's chicken and uh and threw it in some sauce gave it a little more buffalo but we're not here to talk about hooters we did not anymore. We're not here to talk about wings. Mm. We are here to talk about Pumped Up Kicks. The song by the band Foster, The People. The Pipple. Now, when I first mentioned this song to you, you were like, what song is this? Yeah. And then I played a little bit of it and you go, I've heard this song. Yeah. I think that would be 90% of the population that's listened to the radio would probably go, I don't know that song. And then you play it for them. I know this song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I knew this song and I would say, you know, we'll get into the lyrics and some of them are definitely very stupid, but I think this is kind of more of a, did you know thing? Because, um, I think it's one of those that a lot of people sing to, but don't necessarily know what the song is about. This is this song. This is what we were going for when we first came up with the idea for the show. Yeah. This is exactly what it is. You're not paying attention to the lyrics. You're just hearing that little beat. Those shitty uh, low-pass vocal processing of mm-hmm. the singer ruins, you know, uh, your the it, that shoots the attention attentiveness to the lyrics right in the foot because of well the the difficulty in listening to the mix. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so let's talk a little bit about Foster the People. Mm. Uh, this is an LA band, Seth. You're kidding. I mean, we just watched the video and (laughs) this is an L.A. fucking band. This is a V-neck T-shirt in (laughs) in every way. (laughs) We watch this music video. This is American apparel in band form. Yes, We watch the music video with Toad the Wit Sprocket Hater, Patrick Norris. And uh, as immediately as it came on, we all said, well, this is a California band. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Through and through. Very much so. Um, Led by surprise, surprise, Mark Foster. Um. Who would have thought? What a poet. Yeah. <clears throat> what insight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the members who were in the band when this song was written uh, are no longer in the band. Uh, the band now consists of three members, probably with some touring people. Uh, the band was started in 2009. Mm. Um, he was know. a commercial jingle writer. And while he was working on jingles, he happened to write a little song called Pumped Up Kicks. Mm. Um, first started writing the chorus, uh, one thing led to another and he, um, kind of had a song on his hands. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much we want to talk about the song 
because everything pretty much mentions mentions what the song is about. Right. Um, but uh, basically, um, well, what do you think? Should we talk about what the song is about before we get into it? I mean, I, I kind of don't. I mean, I know that would be really, really cutting our feet out from under us as far as like, you know, the amount of content, what we talk about normally. Um, the band, they're really, uh, there's, there's, there's no, as far as I've looked and I've read, there's no substance to this. It's just the foster guy. It's just him recording. Not much to them. You know, uh, I I don't think they've done much outside of this. I don't, you know, uh, originally from Ohio, went to Los Angeles, you know, how is that like any other you know, Horatio Alger type story, not that much out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. nothing truly amazing or shocking or, or, you know, God, they're just a bunch of guys. This one guy that, you know, was in the middle of the country and decided to move to LA to start a band, did that, got a hit song. Haven't really, don't really know that much about them after that. <laughs> I don't think there's much just, to know about them after that. And nothing. I think they're kind of just still flying high off that success yeah that's it if there's one thing that people know about this song it's the chorus and we will get there and the chorus's words um are if anything is going to tip you off as to what the song is about it'll be that i will tell you a couple of different things that i read um without getting too into what the song is about um one of the quotes from mark foster is it's a fuck you song to hipsters in a way, but it's a song the hipsters are going to want to dance to, which to me is a very ridiculous that's, statement that's, because that's foolish. he looks as hipster as fucking possible. <clears throat> the band looks as hipsterish it's as like possible. They are like, they, it's like they all walked out of, were simultaneously like cloned in a gap and like yes. pushed out onto the yeah. street. Yeah. I mean, they are. Yeah, they are. The Pixies meet Abercrombie and Fitch. The Pixies have far more class. Well, I'm just saying for yeah. like, you know, uh, the, the, the musical stylings or what have yeah, you. Yeah. Maybe not the Pixies, yeah, but Pixies you know what I mean? Good songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think that the song is, as, the song is repetitive. Yeah. As fuck. And it's not a horrible song, but once again, the opposite of the opposite of like is indifference. And I'm just indifferent about this freaking song, man. It's just, yeah. it's not anything special. It's not we did at one point while we were watching the music video, because the chorus goes on over and over at the end. And Patrick said, this song is long, and then it continued to keep going. And if you're a musician, you usually have a feeling of like, okay, and here we are. We're we're at the point where the song would end, but it just didn't fucking end. It just kept yeah, it just, going. And, which is great if you want people to dance in a club, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the music video, um, well, there's not a whole lot to talk about with it. Um, it is them, just clips of them playing live in their very, very nice uh you know, on their very nice um, uh, gear, um, playing Frisbee, surfing, um, you know. uh, Dancing around in the L.A. Reservoir, which I think you've seen that has just been done ad nauseum throughout the years in different videos and movies. Um, Nothing. This is just, this might be for a group. This might be the most attractive group we've had. Maybe. Look what. I mean, there were points where their teeth were whiter than their white T-shirts. Oh, yeah. They all had perfect teeth. I mean, they all have perfect teeth. They're all thin. They're all, you know. um, They look like they got good insurance. They're like a boy band. Yeah. You know? And again, very, very California. Um, uh, They look like, it's kind of like, they kind of look like the guys from 303. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. uh, positive reviews from critics. Um, uh, uh, 
Barry Walters from Spin said the song announces themselves as major players. The song is described as having a slinky groove, misty guitar flange, and delicious astral wimp vocals, which I think is a very uh, weird way to astral um, wimp. <laughs> someone, uh, yeah, someone they are wimpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah it seems a little wimpy. <clears throat> someone just uh, des- describes the song as being somewhat like young folks, which I can hear by Peter Bjorn and John. Sli- yeah, better song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, August Brown of the Los Angeles Times called it a reputation making single that, quote, cakes foster in strokesy vocal distortion atop a loping synth bass. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That vocal mix just kind of tells you that they're reaching. It kind of gives you this impression that they're just like trying for something special. And they probably heard, like he said, like, uh, you know, the strokesy low pass vocoder you know vocal distortion sounds like a harmonic like it was sung into a harmonica mic Mm -hmm. you know like overdriven sort of and and you know like they were stretching trying to give this song some depth trying to give it some character that they probably lack personally um just a a really it's a bland song really kind of dumb you probably would agree with michael hahn from the guardian who said and i quote it amounts to a little more than a bass line in a chorus and that it's, quote, as irresistible as it is infuriating. Um, you know, it's definitely an earworm. It definitely gets in there. Um, and it's not a terrible song, but holy shit. But then we get to the lyrics. Yeah, then we get yeah, to the lyrics. Yeah, and then some shit starts to arise. That's where it's, that's where the, um, I suppose we're going to talk about it. Yeah, we'll go ahead and talk about yeah. the lyrics. When we get to the chorus, we'll talk about the part that if you know this song, um, you're familiar with it. Robert's got a quick hand. He'll look around the room. He won't tell you his plan. He's got a rolled cigarette. Hanging out his mouth. He's a cowboy kid. Yeah, he found a six-shooter gun in his dad's closet with a box of fun things. I don't even know what. But he's coming for you. Yeah, he's coming for you. Mm. This is done in 2009. Mm-hmm. So we're 10 years out of uh, Columbine. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I think somewhere I read earlier that, you know, the guy's trying to catch the, the, the this Mick Foster kid uh, guy. Uh, I look at him as a kid. Cause Mark Foster. Was, Mark Foster. Um, God, I don't want to repeat that. Um <clears throat> Is trying to, I guess, uh, interpret or catch or trying to express the mindset of what would be your Columbine-esque, you know, neo-school shooter, I suppose, you know, of the last that we've seen in in abundance over the last 20 years. I was trying to get inside the head of an isolated, psychotic kid. There we go. He said. Yeah. Um, Mark, does that need to be explored? I mean, in, nope. in, in popular music form, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it's uh, particularly healthy. You know, art is, what you, is, is how you express yourself, and, and, and it can be done in any fashion. I don't think there's any limits that you should put on it. Um, I just don't think that there's the proper level of uh, perspective or depth given to the songwriting in this. I just think, from what I see, and I don't want to go Hoffman here too much, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I... Uh, I, I <laughs> 
it's funny how that's become part of our vocab. It's part of our <laughs> lyrics to go lexicon. Thank you, Matt Hoffman. Um, I don't want to, you know, step out of place on the perspective of the writer, but I think that, I, you know, he's saying that he wants to per to like uh, peer into the mind of someone with this, you know, these thoughts and and maybe trying to get into their psyche. But ultimately, what this song sounds to me like is just a dance tune that you're trying to get people to dance to. You know, mm-hmm. and there's not, there's no, I mean, there, let's just face it, there is no depth to dance music, in my opinion. There's just, it it, it, it has a shallowness. Oh, that is, well, I don't agree with that. You don't? No. Okay. No. I mean, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Okay. And uh, I think you and I come from, I don't want to say an anti-dance music standpoint, because I don't think that's true. At one point in my life, but not anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that it is very easy to make dance music mindless. And when I say dance music, look, I mean, Sky's dance music. Country music is dance music. It is. There are loads of music that, you know, started out as a dance music. And, you know, it's fine. You know, it's not fine. Okay. Everything is fine. <laughs> but in my opinion, a song by... Okay. Here's here's a hot take for you. Go for it. I don't think Bob Dylan's a good songwriter. Okay. Okay. I think Bob Dylan is an amazing lyricist. But his his songs exist to be nothing but a catalyst for him to write poetry to. A vehicle for the words. Exactly. Yeah. And that's fine. He does not need to write Rush-esque um, or Dream Theater-esque or interesting... Um, music to go behind it he just needs it to be kind of in key and for it to be something that he can put his words over i don't want to be too off topic but this is me and you talking right here Uh and i gotta ask and you can just we can just make this quick as possible do you feel the same way about dave berman i think i would but i think that his music is better you do musically really yes i think they're on par that's just my opinion i mean bob dylan songs are seven verses over and over and over again because he's telling a whole story. Yeah. Dave Berman's a little more succinct and he's not really telling a story necessarily. Um, I would love to have this conversation with you off. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I mean, we, we could talk for a long time about this, get, get get a couple drinks in me, but you know, getting back to, yeah, I would say that, you know, dance music is fine if there is nothing really to it. Mm-hmm. But you have songs like Dancing on My Own by Robin, which is like, holy shit, definitely uh, an emotional song. Oh, that's you know, there's loads beautiful. of dance music where there is a story in there. Yeah. Does it need to be in there? No, because all you really need, all, all that's really intended there is for there to be something for you to dance to. My point is, is that this is essentially this is a dance music song. But does the music match up with the depth of what he's covering? That's my that's my issue. I think it sounds, I think it's, there's almost a silliness to what he's covering. Let's talk a little bit about the lyrics, because I, I, I love where you're going with this, and I want to talk about it, and he talks about a lot of this extensively, Okay, but I don't really want to get too into it until we've talked about the first verse and we've gotten to the chorus. Let's go. So, of course, obviously, we've got, you know, and again, this, I think this may be a little bit, some of these lyrics are pretty fucking stupid, I think, yeah, but for the most part... Um, <clears throat> I have I have a couple of issues here. So we're obviously talking about a kid named Robert um, who um, seems like he's got a little something going wrong upstairs. 
He'll look around the room. He won't tell you his plan. Um, he's got a rolled cigarette. So apparently we're just talking about how this kid rolls his own cigarettes. And, you know, he's, uh, for whatever reason, I guess, having a rolled cigarette makes you, if you roll your own cigarettes, you're a little... A bit of a looser cannon. Loose cannon, yeah, exactly. Uh, for whatever reason. That's what that means, as if you're not just poor, so you have to roll your own cigarettes. Guys, girls, listeners, please check in on your friend who rolls their own cigarettes, huh? <laughs> if there's anything that's going to show you that there's a problem with someone that you know, if you if they start buying their own tobacco. In the, in the, listen, just in the, in the 90s, I spent a little time in Europe, and a lot of kids over there rolled their own cigarettes because it's just infinitely cheaper. They were taxed so high. But this is the United States. It doesn't really qualify. And I do have to say that the first, the first four lines of the song, which you just went over, um, actually expose a pretty decent picture of something of where it could go. He's got a quick hand look around the room, won't tell you his plan. He's obviously trying to give you the impression of a nervous, maybe a slightly on edge mm-hmm. person, mm-hmm. which is as an exposition is not horrific. Right. It's not terrible. Um, got a rolled cigarette hanging out of his mouth. He's a cowboy kid. You know, he's probably trying to show you, he's trying to probably trying to imply that he's a tad bit delusional. It's not the worst first verse. Yeah. But um, then we get going into other stuff. Well, so the second half of the verse, he found a six-shooter gun in his dad's closet with a box of fun things. I don't what, even know what. What, a which dildo? Sounds, <laughs> which sounds like a very strange, like, oh, he found it in a box of other things, but I don't know what those things are. Well, you're the fucking... You're the songwriter. You're the songwriter. Yeah. Tell me. Like, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, well, okay. Well, then why even have this line in right. here? Right. Paint a picture here, fucking, <laughs> fucking renaissance man. Right. And I and I don't know what, but he's coming for you. He's coming for you. Okay. Uh, and then we get to our chorus. And this is the part, if you know this song, you know this part. All the other kids with the pumped up kicks, you better run, better run outrun my gun all the other kids with the pumped up kicks you better run better run faster than my bullet and then it repeats the chorus i'm not gonna even I mean, fucking just bother it goes nuts yeah yeah um i'm gonna play uh with uh, talking about pumped up kicks here i'm gonna play a little clip from one of our shared i think favorite podcasts yes uh this is a clip from hollywood handbook go for it uh, where they used this song um, in, uh, in part of one of their episodes in the background. And, uh, there was a little bit of conversation that took place. The pumps, the, you know, the shoes that would pump Reebok pump. Yep. Yeah. That's exclude. It's a, it's directly referencing that Reebok pump, the Reebok pump. Mm-hmm. But it's not, there aren't now other shoes. You don't, in in teen lexicon, you're not going like, those shoes are pumped up. They're specifically referring to Reebok Pump. Yeah. Well, but it's back. Reebok Pump are back? Reebok Pump. Mm-hmm. And you can pump it. <laughs> <laughs> and you can pump it. <laughs> can you pump it? Yes. Okay. Okay. So. <laughs> okay. So we've got a. Uh, conversation there about what a pumped up kick is um and if you uh you know if you're as if you're as grandfatherly as me and seth uh, (laughs) no shit um then you and i mean i know they came back out um uh reba pump them back (laughs) um so maybe you do know but you know i i for whatever reason I, i think it's strange that we're talking about pumped up kicks as far as reebok pumps are concerned when 
there were a lot more expensive shoes than Reebok pumps. A lot. Uh, at the time that they came back out, it's to my understanding. Well, the, I mean, the the pumps, the Reebok pumps that I knew about were like go all the way back to the 80s. I don't think that this could have been if if this is what he's referencing. And I ultimately don't. I mean, I don't think he is. Uh, if he's there, there, it couldn't have been a more out of place time to insert a lyric about the old pump shoes. I, I don't know, man. It's 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 just strange to me. Yeah, if that's what he's singing about, is that what he's singing about? Have you found anything uh, about those pumped up kicks? The other kids in this song are wearing. This is from songfacts.com mm-hmm. in the late 80s and early 90s. The Reebok pump basketball shoe enjoyed modest popularity. The sneaker had a pump shaped like a basketball on the tongue. And the idea was that if you needed a little extra lift, you could just give it a few pumps. Keep in mind that Nike had Michael Jordan selling its kicks. So Reebok was pretty desperate. Oh, yeah. The greatest moment in Pump's history came when D. Brown of the Boston Celtics <laughs> uh, won the 1991 Slam Dunk Contest wearing the shoes. Just before his winning dunk, he reached down and inflated his yes, pumps. Yes, he did. I remember that. A moment that Reebok used in commercials for the shoes. Really set him over the edge for getting that win in that contest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It yeah. definitely helped. Um, mm-hmm. So we are definitely talking about those pumped up kicks. Um as far as pumps. So what he's saying is if you want to outrun a school shooter, definitely go out and invest in some Reeboks. This is actually a Reebok song. Okay. Yeah. Just just so you this know. This was from sponsored here by the good people at Reebok. Mark Foster explained the song's meaning to Spinner UK. Pumped Up Kicks is about a kid that basically is losing his mind and is plotting revenge. He's an outcast. I feel like the youth in our culture are becoming more and more isolated. It's kind of an epidemic. Instead of writing about victims and some tragedy, I wanted to get into the killer's mind, like Truman Capote did in In Cold Blood. (laughs) I love to write about characters. That's my style. I really like to get inside the heads of other people and try to walk in their shoes. Yeah, he did. (laughs) But I don't even know what. You know, that's a great freaking... The freaking seventh line in the song is, I don't even know what I, by the way, found a, bo- found a box of fun things. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, and, and it, it's not maybe the best expose <laughs> on this kid's mind, man. It's really not. Foster says he considered writing the song from the perspective of the victim, but felt that would be a cop out. He also points out that there is no actual violence in the song as the threats are all the kid's internal monologue. That's some weak shit. That is yeah, that's some, some extremely weak that's shit. That's some that's some really weak shit. Dude, you if you're going to tackle the fucking subject, if you're going to just just take possession of it and go full bore, you're talking about, you know, be fucking Jeremy, man. Yeah. Be fucking Jeremy, you know. That's the way to do it. That's the way. That's how you do it, man. I mean, they 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 as much as I'm not a huge fan of that song, it definitely tackles the subject far better, and it's a better song. Oh, absolutely. Across yeah, the board. I think so. The gun in this song is quite literal. Uh, this is also from Song Facts. Uh, but it didn't start out that way. Mark, Mark Foster wrote the chorus of the song first and considered it a song about confidence, with gun being a metaphor. What? That changed when he came up with the first verse, which he freestyled during a recording session. This verse was clearly about a kid who finds his dad's gun, and it changed the complexion of the song, giving the gun a literal meaning. Okay. Go ahead. So let me just real quick. This is kind of one of my first problems with the song. He's talking about getting in the mind of an isolated kid. Here's what's strange. When we think of the the Columbine High School shooters or the Sandy Hook shooter, any of these other shooters, and I'm not even going to name them by name because fuck them. Yeah. 
but when we talk about these people, we're talking about people who like actively search, like search for guns, search for ammunition mm. because they were so whatever you want to say they were um, that they wanted retribution. They wanted, you know, they wanted people to feel recompense for however they felt recompense far and away. One of my favorite words. Of that time. <laughs> and so they sought out guns. This guy stumbled upon a gun on accident. And um, I, I, that's kind of weird to me. It, he keeps talking about how it's like this isolated kid who's trying to get revenge. No, he's not. He was, from what we've heard in the first verse, he was rifling through his dad's shit and found a gun. With a bunch of other fun things. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's not written like, oh, he was looking for a gun and found it. Right. To go out and seek his retribution. Yeah. yeah. He was just like looking for porn or something right or like looking for his dad's tools or some tobacco to roll or some shit yeah because yeah, you know. he wants yeah because he wants to roll his own he cigarettes wants to be a cowboy uh yeah he's a cowboy kid yeah. you know you know him um <clears throat> so that to me is a very strange thing and kind of seems to kind of spit in the face of, of of what he explains yeah definitely yeah and so that kind of rubbed me uh the wrong way um I got some other stuff here that I'll talk about uh, in a little bit. These, I don't know how much you've ever read or looked into, Mark. Um, you know, uh, writings and information about the minds and, and the mentality and the psyche of school shooters. There's a book that I read. Um, it is one of the top 10 books in my life that I've ever read. It's called Columbine. It's by a guy named Dave Cullen. Mm. And it explores every single aspect of the Columbine shooting from top to bottom and not just the psyche of both of the shooters, but it does a fantastic job of doing that. And you are right. These kids actively went out and sought the tools by which to enact. And he doesn't really describe it as revenge, but they're, they, they went out and sought the tools that they were looking for in order to process and push through the deed that they wanted to fulfill. This, this, this whatever, this compulsion to kill. Um, and, and like I said, he doesn't really look at it as an act of revenge. You're right. What we're looking here is what we're looking at here is just what amounts to probably a very nervous, confused kid stumbling across a gun, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, man, he's got a lot to say about this fucking song. Um, he should have put it in the song, dude. I mean, you know, especially with all that other time that he spends at the end, singing about you know repeating the chorus maybe you should have put a couple of other verses in there elaborate you know mm-hmm. clear up um this is something he said before we get into the second verse he told nme that he was proud of the song's cultural significance quote it forced the public to have a conversation he said not just about guns and gun regulations but also about art itself where the line is and what should be edited. I feel that in terms of pushing the envelope in terms of culture and forcing people to have those conversations, it was a really healthy thing for the country. This guy thinks he's so self-important. I was just going to say is Mark, Mark Foster just so happens to be the single most important uh, catalyst in discussion in discussion and politics and, and psychology in the youth of any other fucking. No, he's not. He it's also, a goddamn dance song. He also said MTVU. Oh, so MTVU censored the song and dropped out the words gu- gun and bullets. 
the front man told Rolling Stone, I think MTV is scared of an alternative band that has a sound like this. I think the sound is deceiving. You've got reality shows, which are all about teenagers getting pregnant. And you've got Jersey Shore, where a girl gets punched in the face and they show the clip over and over and over as a teaser to watch the show. It's like, oh, okay, domestic violence is fine. But like talking about something like family values and teen isolation and bullying is not. Well, even a clock can be right twice. So, I mean, well, fuck. I, I mean, mean, I think it's funny that he's saying clock. I'm I'm angry <laughs> that they're I, that they're censoring the song. But also, I'm glad it caused people to censor the song. I'm like, well, which one? I mean, I understand the other points he's making, and I'm not saying I disagree with them. Right. I mean, you know, yes, using, you know, um, you know, domestic abuse or people getting hit people not even just women getting hit but as a teaser why are we using anybody getting hit as a teaser for anything right unless these are people that are you know signing up to get into a fight yeah you know like if you're getting in a box mma you know or what you're doing yeah. exactly yeah, then, yeah. then that's fine um but this guy definitely seems like he wants uh wants his cake and he wants to eat it also well Let's go ahead and get into the second verse here and see uh, what's going on with our friend. Becoming less and less of a Mark Foster fan as we go along. (laughs) Daddy works a long day. He be coming home late and he's coming home late and he's bringing me a surprise. Because dinner's in the kitchen and it's packed in ice. I've waited for a long time. Yeah, the sleight of my hand is now a quick pull trigger. I reason with my cigarette and say your hair's on fire. You must have lost your wits. Yeah. The voice of a generation. Mark Foster. Get that man a Sprite. I mean, Jesus, there's this really doesn't this. uh, I guess he thinks that he's trying to give us some sort of insight into this, this kid and his motivations. Um, but I just don't, I don't get, I don't really get much. What do you get out of this, Mark? I get nothing. I don't fucking know. And I'll tell you the first, uh, the first verse is littered with annotations that I'm not going to bother reading. Please don't. The second verse, there are three lines that have annotations, um, and not a whole lot of, uh, not a whole lot of information. Um, he's bringing me a surprise. We don't know what that is. Well, my real question on that, and Mm -hmm. it's quite simple is, He's bringing him surprise, and dinner's in the kitchen. Is the surprise the dinner, or are they two separate things? And which one, if they are two separate things, which one of them is packed in fucking ice? Well, if he's bringing him a surprise, Jesus. he says, he's bringing me a surprise because dinner's in the kitchen and it's packed in ice. So, you know, I don't know. You know very confusing. The other thing is there are a couple people and a couple things that seem to be saying that I think there was a, I can't find it right off, but I think there was a quote where he was saying that, like, possibly some of these problems or maybe it was another annotation are because of his father hmm. now there's nothing in here that really says his dad is a bad guy gives no insight into the and father's he's working character a at long all. day it's like okay so his fucking we're figuring he's living with a single father possibly there's no mention of the mother that it draws that picture the dad's working a long fucking day give the guy a fucking break yeah like i don't understand why people are like maybe his dad's an asshole there's nothing here that says that he's you know abusive or that he's a shitty dad um uh yeah the sleight of my hand is now a quick pull trigger um you know mm. i guess maybe he was in magic at first <laughs> has this guy ever touched a gun i don't think i don't so. think so yeah, probably don't not think, uh... yeah i reason with my cigarette 
and say your hair's on fire. You must have lost your wits. Yeah. Calling this guy sure thought a lot of himself, didn't he? He really did. Yeah. And no one has an explanation as to what the fuck this. No, means. I was going to say no annotations on that at all. Yeah. Yeah. That second verse just sucks. Yeah. Um, it really does. I mean, this gives no insight into the mind of this very serious topic that you bring up. And I kind of wonder if, you know, because in the music video, you see him using like an alternative microphone. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say alternative, an alternate microphone. Right. Um, it looks like one of those harmonica mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it is because yeah. it's got that tone to it. Right. Um, and I wonder if he didn't do that because he knew these lyrics were pretty dumb. I, I, I think that um, in an age of, you know, massive vocal processing 2009, you know, where you're at the height of the vocoder shit, you've got, you know, you've already on the backside of a lot of alternative bands like, you know, Butthole Surfers using things like uh, megaphones and stuff like that. He is trying to stretch um, or, or insert some depth into the song with alternate mixes and vocal processing. I think he's just trying too hard, much like he is on these lyrics. And, uh, you know, and, and he's trying to bury it. I mean, if you bury vocals, I'm a big believer in that most of the time, if you're burying vocals, it's because deep down subconsciously or consciously, you know, they're not that good. Uh, despite many believing that the song condones and encourages violence, Foster said otherwise in a 2011 USA Today interview. The song is not about condoning violence at all. It's the complete opposite. The song is an amazing platform to have a conversation with your kids about something that shouldn't be ignored. Talk about it in a loving way. This guy loves to fucking talk about how great he is. Mark, Mark, didn't you see me on 60 Minutes when I went into depth about school shootings and when they, uh, you know, every time that there's a school shooting, they uh, call me up on CNN to come as a commentator. You know, get Mark Foster on the phone. (laughs) It's like, get Ja on the phone. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Uh, um, yeah, he also said, I kind of wrote the song to bring awareness to the issue. That sort of thing keeps happening more and more in our country. Bullshit. It's kind of turning into an epidemic. To me, the epidemic isn't gun violence. The epidemic is lack of family, lack of love, oh. and isolation. Oh. Kids who don't have anywhere to go or anyone to talk to, and that's what makes them snap. Let's give a big wet kiss to Mark Foster. Well, apparently Mark Foster's got it all figured out, folks, if I you were it. wondering. Um he he's got it figured out. He's got the answers for so, you. Yeah. I, 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 I tr- uh, man, I'm telling you, Mark, and this is the truth. This is what I'll leave you with on this because I hope we're not going to go through all of the pumped up kicks at the end. <laughs> it goes on for fucking ever. It's just like what was that? Uh, every picture tells a story, don't it? It's just like that. It just keeps going and going. Mark, I think the guy wrote a freaking dance song. I think he wanted to be like the young, you know, his little version of young folks, and mm-hmm. thought that he was going to write some somewhat deep lyrics, and they're not. And uh, yeah, I think that's what it really amounts to. Mark Foster described the broad appeal of the song. Well, I bet he did with Billboard magazine because this guy can't shut up about this fucking song. Pumped Up Kicks is one of those songs that blends something really familiar with something that's very modern. Mm. He said it's a song where you could lay on the couch and listen to it. Or you can get up and dance around the room to it. Hmm. He really did it all, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I will say something that is funny. Um, uh, the chorus shows up eight times in this song, including four times at the end of the song. Chorus repetition is a hallmark of hit songwriting, but this is a little much. Hallmark? And Mark Foster knows it. 
if I had known that the song was going to be played everywhere, I would have taken those damn choruses out of the song and made it move faster. Mm. By the end of it, it's just chorus, See? chorus, chorus, chorus. It's driving me crazy to hear this stupid chorus again. Made it, made it, made it faster. You'd given it that that dance bit. Thum, 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 oh no, no, I think he meant like wrap up quicker. Maybe um, that well, too. Maybe I don't know. But uh, yeah, I think it's very, very funny that he is like, uh, you know, let this be. If you're a songwriter, let this be a clue to you. Don't only. <laughs> worry about your song's arrangement if the song is going to be big because you never know if a song is going to be big yeah make it concise if you want it to be concise make it long if you want it to brevity be doesn't hurt no 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 leave them <clears> wanting <throat> more want, yeah that is kind of the uh that is kind of the secret yeah um nothing wrong with writing a song under two minutes and 30 seconds no you know a lot of people think you have to fill out that time on a radio in order to get your song on there it doesn't but mark Mark, Mark Foster wrote this song and immediately came over to my house and cooked me dinner and then uh, rubbed my feet and then, uh, you know, did my laundry. Uh, Mark Foster totally has it figured out. And he uh, taught me all of the important things in life God that I need him. to know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Mark? Yes. Are we done? Are we? Well, are, are I we... do want to mention one other thing. That, are we doing? Uh, as, far as, um, uh, as far as trying to get retribution for your screwed up mind or what have you um, and wanting to shoot people. You know, the other... While I'm at it, let me just say one other thing here. Please. Talking about wanting to get retribution because you're like screwed up. Um, I guess he's shooting people with pumped up kicks because they're rich. Because it doesn't seem like I don't understand why people with quote unquote pumped up kicks would be the people that he's like aiming for. Yeah. What does that have to do with anything? I, I mean, I guess maybe they're the people that make fun of him. They just happen to all have a pump. I thought that it was just like, <clears throat> hey, you're going to need that little extra pump, you know, just to be able to outrun my bullet. And that's it. It was just that simple. He's just being an asshole. I think he's just being. Yeah, he's just and, being a, a chode. And, you know, a six shooter, you're going to shoot six people and that's it. <laughs> Yeah. Not very impressive. I don't know if any of you guys know no. anything about guns. One, <laughs> six shooters do not have hair pull triggers. Yeah. You got to pull the friggin' and hell out of that let trigger. Let me just make. make this clear. Yeah. I'm not telling Robert to go and get a fucking submachine gun or anything. I'm just saying, I think that in the world of like trying to cause, you know, trying to find retribution and trying to kill people that you're pissed off with, a six shooter isn't really going to do it. No, I mean they're they're not efficient, you know, mass killing machines. I hate to say that, dude. Yeah. I hate to, Which I hate good. to say that, but they're good. not. Hey, yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad he's not going to kill a bunch. They're of not. People. It's obviously like I asked you earlier. Do you think he ever picked up a gun? I doubt he did. No. So I you know, don't. hey, good for him. Please, Mark, don't go out there don't hurt and, him. And please, Mark, don't hurt him. Um, how would you rate this on a creep factor? On a creep factor, it's not like. God, I wish we could give this one a stupid factor or a self-absorbed factor. Um, <clears throat> gives me the creeps because the guy is tackling the subject of school shootings and doing it in such a cavalier and dumb manner while at the same time thinking he was very self-important. Is it creepy in regards to the way that we look at creepy as, you know, it's it's dangerous to, you know, it's 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 creepy to, you know, the sexually? No, it's not, although it does have a dance groove which in, indicates some sort of you know we all know that that dance groove has a sort of a sexuality to it um i don't equate that to the song i don't know it, yeah it's it's creepy in regards to he's not handling the topic well 
I give it a five, six. Yeah. Five, six. I think that's fair. Creepy yeah. is kind of a, I guess it's kind of creepy that he's planning on shooting people. Yeah. I'll go with a five, six. I'll match your five, six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's just un- I, I think that unfortunately we're giving it a five, six because we're so accustomed to school shootings. And we don't like it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely don't like it, but it's, you know, uh, it's not and, as yeah, shocking. Let's, should we point this out, Mark? I think we should, that this song was written in 2009. Mm-hmm. That is pre-Sandy Hook. Pre Parkland, well, pre the the you know uh, that this is this is kind of just before this is uh, I think this might be after West Virginia. West well, Virginia was the worst one ever. This song was pulled from the airwaves after the Sandy Hook shooting. Yeah, uh, Mark Foster agreed with the decision to pull the track out of respect for the victims, adding that he wrote the song about the growing trend of mental illness among teenagers because he's got to throw it in there that he uh, he he's I did this the soothsayer I did this I wrote pumped up kicks when I began to read about the growing trend in teenage mental illness I wanted to understand the psychology behind it because it was foreign to me I was it was terrifying how mental illness among among youth had skyrocketed skyrocketed in the last decade I was scared to see where the uh, pattern was headed if we didn't start changing the way we were bringing up the next generation the song was written as a way to create ongoing dialogue for an issue that was being talked about but when it came to government intervention was largely being ignored well you know i want to know how many conversations were started in a household because of this song because i'm going to guess there it may have happened eight times in the world yeah your 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 numbers are i think accurate yeah (laughs) eight none everybody's just like and they were probably all kids that were like 10 going mommy what is this about and the mom had to look up the lyrics on genius and go I don't fucking know. I guess it's about school shooting. Apparently, this guy keeps talking about how much of a brainiac he is and how smart he is. When I said West Virginia, I meant Virginia Tech shooting. Mm -hmm. Um, That was uh, Virginia Polytechnic Institute, and that happened in 2007. And as much as, you know, as much as people point to Columbine as, uh, you know, uh, uh, mental deficiencies or a lot of people look at Columbine as, uh, you know, two boys looking for retribution. Uh, recompense, as you like to say, um, <clears throat> when it was more um, a compulsion or, or as, as people that have studied it, it, it had this they had this compulsion to kill for some strange reason, which, yes, is a, a, a level of mental illness. But they still had, you know, most of their their wits about them. They still, you know, knew what they were doing and they had processed these thoughts when it came to the single most deadly shooting, you know, in, in, in U.S. history at a school. We're looking at Virginia Tech where, you know, I mean, quite literally, you had 17, uh, 17 died by gunfire. At the time, just before this, that was mental illness. Mm-hmm. That the, the shooter, his name was Sung Hui Cho, Cho. That was technically, he, he had mental illness. There was a mental illness and that applied to what he was doing. Um, and it was clear. If you ever saw any videos of him talking, which he released these long videos. Um, and... I could give Mark the benefit of the doubt in that maybe he saw this and maybe he did think that, you know, oh, maybe I should, you know, go after the mental illness that is associated with school shootings. But I can't stress this enough. It's just not a very good job of it. No. Um, he painted a, a weak, silly picture of what looks to be just a nervous kid who found a gun. And then a second verse that really kind of has nothing to do with it at all. Yep. The only thing that has to do with it is that, you know, you, are you going to outrun my bullet? And that's it. It's just a bad job of tackling the subject and then talking about himself, about going over the subject for many years afterwards. You know, one thing I forgot to mention at the beginning of this, uh, the episode, 
The name was originally Foster and the People uh, was the name of the band, because if you haven't noticed, the name of the band is Foster the People. The name of the singer is Mark Foster. Mm. But whenever they would say Foster and the People, people were like, oh, Foster the People? And he was like, sure. And that's how they stuck with the name. Pretty dumb name. Yeah. Not a great name. <laughs> not, a, not a pumped no, about it. Whatever. Seth. What are we going to do, Mark? Do you want to get horny? I enjoy that. After this? I mean, is there any other direction to go, Mark? We're going to do our first <laughs> reggae song. All right. We're going to do a little song called Sweat. A la 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 long. A la 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 la. <laughs> By Inner Circle, the same band that brought you um, the theme for Cops, uh, Bad Boys. Um, we are So uh, go out and listen to this song. Yeah. Who boy, maybe the horniest song we've ever done. It's oh, up there yeah. with Shoop. Oh, they um, but those those reggae folk are known to make some horny songs. They man. do like yeah. to be horny. Have you? I mean, like for instance, one of our. I think I don't know one of my all time favorites. I love Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. It's Robert not just going to have legends sitting there in my CD collection. We go in deep, man. Yeah, you know, catch a fire. Have you ever heard Steer It Up? Oh, yeah. Which is one of the finest examples of sexual innuendo ever put into a song. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's good. Yeah, it's good. But it ain't. But this ain't that. <laughs> this ain't that. So go listen to Sweat and then parenthetical a la 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 long and parenthesis. And, uh, you know, if you've got a special sweetie with you, uh, maybe listen to it with him or her because hold hands. Yeah. You some Yeah. Something's going to something's going to happen. Comfort each other. Thank you guys for listening. We haven't done this in a while. This is we, yeah, we had a we, couple weeks off because of vacations and stuff. We have sickness, say vacations, breaks <laughs> through sickness and in health. Wings brought us together. Today. Wings brought us together today. We will be back next Monday with more lyrics to go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>